Hi, I'm Adam and this is Kat. Hey, what's up? So this is our Film Club podcast and today we are covering Captain Marvel starring Brie Larson. We are very excited. I saw this movie twice. I saw this movie once. I made her see it with me again. You didn't. I suggested it. Yeah, she was like, hey, I, I really like this movie. Can I <laughs> want to see it again? Yeah, I was just like, hey, you want to you wanna see it together? And he was like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Because she knew I had to see it again anyway so we could review it. Yeah, plus I figured seeing it a second time would give me a chance to pay attention to bits I had missed before. I saw it on the midnight release and then I saw it again the, Tues- the Tuesday after that. So within the next few days. Yeah, so you're going to be the expert. I'm going to know nothing. Oh, yeah, expert. Like, oh, the, the cat was cute in this bit and Brie was cute in this bit. And those yeah. are the bits I noticed. So Captain Marvel is the latest entry in a very long-running series of movies known as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm, if you haven't heard of it. Yeah, I mean, where have you been? Though I do think, all things considered, you don't really have to watch the other Marvel you really Cinematic Universe movies to get this movie. Like, because it, it kind of does stand apart. It really does stand out on its own. It's actually their first movie to be led by a woman which i enjoyed and there is a woman director she co-director because there are two directors as well yeah um it's directed by anna bowden and ryan fleck yeah and i thought that was cool like it's great to have like the first mcu movie starring a female lead having more females to do with production i thought was great yeah there are also a few females writing it too it's just like yes girl power i mean that's kind of that was the main theme of the film which is always great yeah it's great um and it also to expand your point of not standing out from other marvel cinematic movies it's kind of also a rebirth for the franchise yeah because we're coming to the end of the third phase of movies yeah and like it's going to be i mean if we're going to speculate about endgame a lot of characters are going to get retired a lot yeah. of you know like we already know chris evans's contract ended and um, robert downey jr's contract yeah so like it's going to be like spider-man now it's going to be captain marvel it's going to be more black panther stuff it's going to be god i hope so yeah like which i'm totally psyched for but yeah. like they're i get why they call it endgame this is the end of an era yeah. But they're ushering in a new time, like a new age for Marvel movies, which I am excited for. And like Captain Marvel, I think, is one of the movies at the helm of that because she's going to be such an important character in Endgame, I think. Yeah, she's hopefully a big deal. We'll get into that later. What I want to address is how interesting the dynamic was in the movie. The way it had a... It had a kind of feel to it, like a buddy cop movie. Yes. Like, we're not talking story just yet. We're just kind of talking about our thoughts first. But it really did. It felt like watching, like, a cop movie. Yeah, you know, just kind of one where you have, like, a rookie cop coming in a new day and he has a partner who knows more. This was basically Rush Hour Superhero Edition. Oh, I wish. <laughs> but no, it was really great. A young Fury and, like... Uh, Veers or Carol Danvers her character like I just I really enjoyed their dynamic and their chemistry I thought that was great yeah they really worked well together and like it's something we're only going to see once yeah like they can't really do it again like not to the same effectiveness for one and they can't execute it the same way because then it's just going to be like hey like this is just like Captain Marvel yeah it's just the same movie yeah like they want their movies to stand apart from each other so like it's a new, it's sort of a new genre idea for Marvel's more of a comedy level. They've been doing more funny than sort of movies lately. I have enjoyed them when they've been done really well. Like as far as really funny MCU movies go, I don't think this one was like on the same level as say Ragnarok. Yeah, <laughs> Ragnarok. Ragnarok <laughs> was basically like a pure comedy movie. Yeah, that one was very funny. So like Ragnarok was very funny, the like you know even with its more serious moments, and then. Uh, Ant-Man Ant-Man is, is more comedy like Ant-Man is hilarious Ant-Man and the Wasp was very funny and very good I liked that one yeah Ant-Man had the first Ant-Man movie had a bit more serious tones there with his daughter you know oh it's yeah. a big issue he's a divorced man he has this different family dynamic Ant-Man 2 just got rid of that it was like ugh yeah like there was some serious moments but it was mainly like the fate of this you know quote unquote antagonist so it wasn't yeah. as big of a deal as hey i want my family to like be a family and i want to be in my daughter's life that was like a lot more intense yeah that was like 
dark, I thought there actually. was a yeah, but I thought there was a an okay balance. Yeah, there was a really good balance in a typical buddy cop fashion. Uh, fashion. There's always the serious crime story undertone, yeah. and that's what we really get a lot of in Mar- Captain Marvel. It starts off. We've got her in what we at the time think is her own pl- home planet. She's training with her captain. Yeah, as uh, leader of her squad, she um can't sleep. She's having these horrible dreams. Mm. Um, so she goes she meets up with her captain there's like this whole will they won't they thing going on there I didn't really get that I didn't feel from their relationship that there was a a romantic element I felt more like it was a mentor mentee I guess I think there was some life flirting on the subway especially I mean I just felt that was banter but I could see how you would get a romantic feel from it but like while all they were really doing was sparring and like kind of nagging at each other a bit and like though I do see why you would make the connection because in a lot of movies they use that to show oh these people like each other because they're always at each other like that yeah and I like that's you know it's very cliched and unnecessary yeah I personally would say that well they wanted thing that I saw is unnecessary and unwanted yeah I wouldn't like had I interpreted that way I would have thought this is really unnecessary to the plot yeah I I didn't like it I I personally of course I saw I kind of got those stereotypical hints I didn't like it but luckily it didn't like overshadow to the point where people are actually speculating on is that there or is it not Mm. it's not too much it's there it's like a slight annoyance Mm. but like yeah so you get this whole dynamic she moves on I thought it was interesting the idea of the central intelligence taking on the appearance of someone important to you yeah, I, I love the idea that she doesn't even know why this person's important to her because yeah. she's lost her memories. Yeah. She doesn't remember her past life. Yeah, she remembers waking up on Hala. Was it Hala? It's Hala. Hala. Hala uh, at me. Hala at your girl. But uh, she woke up on Hala like six years ago with no memories getting a blood transfusion from her commander. Yeah. Played by Jude Law. And he won't tell her who he sees, but she sees someone from her past who she doesn't remember at this point. But I thought it was really interesting because the whole idea of the central intelligence is that it is the, ru- I guess the ruler. Yeah, the it's Korean. their leader. It's their leader. So they, well, I think it's interesting that they use that emotional bond to help manipulate the Kree, I guess. And gain and your trust. And it's a very obvious, like, that, that's emotionally like. Yeah. But like, at the same time, the Kree are so indoctrinated into their their leadership and the way it is that they wouldn't even question it yeah there's like oh look the leader goes into the form of someone we love that's totally because that's not gonna you know, like put a bias into the way i interpret their orders for me at all of course not but no i thought that was a very interesting storytelling medium i don't know i mean i personally i'm not super familiar with the captain marvel comics but I wonder, is that something in the comics as well? Or is that something they did just for the film? I would like to check that out after this episode. Yeah, I don't love the comics. I've read a few. I kind of caught up a bit on Civil War before mm. Civil War the movie. But then they weren't really related. So yeah. it's just kind of like you're not getting exactly what you want. They have some movie comic times and they're also not in the main Marvel comic universe. And it's just like, it's too much for me. I just stick with the movies. That's what I know. Yeah. We got to see a bit of the relationship between... We're gonna. I'm gonna just call her Veers for now, and then call yeah. her Carol later because they're kind. They kind of feel slightly like different characters, to be honest. Yeah, they feel very different. Um, so, Veers yeah. is very dedicated to her military work. Mm. Um, she runs a squad. They're going around. They're killing the scrolls. Mm. It's a great, great time. It's like she's, you know, she's taking orders and basic she's, action movie crap. Yeah, like she trains, she takes orders, she does her work. She doesn't really question it. Like, she questions why, like, about controlling her powers, but she doesn't really question the Kree rule or following the Kree's orders. But uh, after seeing the Central Intelligence, they go on a mission. They run into some scrolls, which are shape-shifting aliens um, who are said to be infiltrating planets and taking over. That's what the Kree have said they do. Uh, which we do learn later is not the case. Yeah, it's not the case. The creator's kind of trying to take over. It's something we already sort of knew from previous movies. Uh, the Kree were never good. Ronin is in Guardians of the Galaxy. And yeah, he goes against the Kree eventually. 
But he was mostly doing what they were doing, just taking over the world one place at a time. Mm. And I mean, I personally didn't really get any Kree stuff from the other movies except for the bit with Ronan and Guardians. Yeah. Like, I think you hear more about the Kree in, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, there's but not also really a lot in the of, movies. There's a lot of Kree in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's kind of an annoying plot point, actually. It keeps coming back, and you think they're done with it. Like, the only time I can remember hearing about the Kree is in, like, Guardians of the Galaxies. I can't actually remember, like, off the top of my head, hearing about them in the other movies. Um. I think they did come up on a point, but it was it's always been minor. I think it was, yeah, very minor in passing. Like, it didn't really give you anything to really go on in the movies. Yeah, it's just, in I guess in my head, I'm just thinking, well, the Kree were never good, you know. I only started watching um, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the last few months. Yeah. And you do get a lot of it. But even before then, I guess I kind of thought just, well, Ronan's a Kree and Ronan's bad. Mm. And you do see Ronan in this movie again. And he's being Ronan. He's being a jerk. Just doing his normal, usual stuff. He's kind of a pussy in this character, to be honest. <laughs> in this movie. Mm. But, uh, so... I remember during their mission that they take on, she's been given by the Central Intelligence, they have to find a spy, and when they get there, they re- she realises it's a, it's a scroll in disguise, and they take her prisoner. And then that's when she finds out they can fiddle with memories and, like, go in and look at stuff. So they find, um, in her memories someone named Lawson a a doctor who is the person the central intelligence takes the form of in Veers's mind yeah so she's off off, like immediately intrigued and then there's a whole lot of memories of her on earth like going to the beach or going racing with her family like from like kid to adult different memories and she's like but these aren't my memories Mm -hmm. and he's like wow they've really screwed up your head which already casts a bit of doubt on the Cree. Yeah. But we don't feel like we can trust the scrolls at this point, so we don't take their word for it or anything. Yeah, we it's it's kind of it's that's also a cliche for movies, like, oh look, you don't have the full memory and you get a bit of it as you go. Yeah. And, but they do it really well here. It's like they don't show too much, they don't show too little. I can understand the use of amnesia as a plot device, considering if she didn't have amnesia and she was just going through her life doing like superhero stuff it would beg the question well why wasn't she around in all these other movies yeah like the amnesia and then the mission she has at the end of it that makes sense for her not to be around but uh, I feel like too much could have been opened up to speculation and to potholes had she been had she not been amnesia yeah if she just gotten because she gets her powers in the movie you do see that happen yeah and they go back and explain how she got her powers and it was just it would be very confusing if she just got her powers and then didn't do anything with them yeah like cause like where is she That's that would be the main like why isn't she around and even then some people can still argue it because if they didn't have her get a mission at the end it'd be like well where was she doing this exactly like I mean I even said earlier to, to you outside of here um, the amount of times the earth has been in peril yeah and Fury never used the pager to talk to Captain Marvel like to <clears throat> it's a great question to ask because it's like well what does Fury consider an emergency then yeah like that's what I always wondered like after seeing this movie like the amount of times there, there could have been a call for requesting her help and he never did but he did now that makes me wonder like what really counts as emergency in his head I guess half the world suddenly dying in front of him is what counts as the emergency I suppose. People are turning to dust and I don't know why and I don't have time to figure it out. So let's call Carol. Mm. But uh, yeah, no, like there was some some nice bits that I thought were like funny. It was very 90s. Like she crashes into a blockbuster after she escapes from the scrolls and lands on Earth. Yeah. Oh, it's cute. I love the whole nostalgia thing. Mm. I thought it was very funny. She was like when she was saying, "Like, are you in charge of security for this for this uh, district? I think this was, district yeah. to the security guard in his car in the in the parking lot." And he was like, "Well, the, the movie theater has its own guy." So I'm just yeah. like, "Oh, that's I thought that was funny." Yeah, it's a cute movie. It's those, those funny moments. What would you say your um, favorite moments or scenes are? My favoriteest moments of all in the movie. <sighs> okay, any moment with goose in it. Is great automatically because it has a cute cat. Yeah, like, I just... Or is he? He's just adorable, and I just loved him, and I just thought it was great. Any moment where it was just 
Fury and Carol just chilling out together, chatting. They automatically uh, get along. Yeah, I love those moments. Even though away. Fury Loki knows he's betraying her, he still gets along real well there. Yeah, like I just really enjoyed their dynamic and their chemistry, and I guess the moments where Carol would be with Monica, Marie's daughter. Yeah. Like I thought those were sweet. Yeah, I I I have mixed feelings on child actors. Usually, you're kind of cut, cutting them slack. Cause like well they were tall anyway, or it's like I really liked her. Yeah, so. she was really good. She was she did her job. She was cute. That's I thought she, she did a very good job. All things considered, it was she's good, like she's what like ten. It's so hard to be a child actor. I couldn't yeah. imagine going through that as a child myself. Yeah. Like yeah, so it's like sometimes you're kind of like cutting them slack because like they are a child, but this time you really didn't have to. She was great. It was talent. What were some of your favorite scenes? Well, my favorite action scene would be the train fight. Oh, I just think it's fight. very funny. Yeah. You know, we have the squirrel who can shape shift into anyone they see really once they like kind of yeah. have a look at them and they get a few of the memories and all that stuff. So a squirrel escapes onto a train. Carol's war of years is following him. Mm-hmm. He transforms into an old woman. Yeah. So in the middle of, um, I think, I don't know where they are. Are they in LA or what city is that? Oh my gosh. You know what? I, I was getting LA know. vibes. I was getting LA vibes, but I think I could be wrong. I'm not sure where they landed, to be honest. Yeah, but like, so he transformed to an old woman, so you just have um, fears on the middle of a train punching an old woman, and it's just a great moment, because you're like seeing her power, because her fist does the whole glowy thing. Yeah, with her, she calls them photon blasts, so but what is her power called? Just photon power? I guess, I mean, that's probably just a name the Kree made up for it. Maybe. Because like, they don't know, they just know it comes from the light engine yeah but then you love the crowd to keep trying to hold her back and they're failing yeah because like she punches this up what appears to be an old woman in the face and everyone's just kind of like oh shit she did not just do that and she tries to do it again and they're like trying to hold her back like stop punching this old lady in the face they're also kind of amazed at how well the old woman's fighting back yeah, it's like, just a hilarious yeah. scene i just i love the scene it's really well directed it's well choreographed and um, the action scenes are great another one is when she reconnects with maria that was great. I the really loved up. their relationship. In fairness, I felt like for the most part, Carol Danvers Beers uh, didn't have a huge amount of personality or presence in the film with her personality. Yeah. But considering the whole amnesia thing, I would understand her to it be... It makes sense. They're more of a blank slate. Yeah. She's going to go from very, you know, military and, you know unique to she's going to go from being very straight laced and like she's got a job a mission to do she's going to be focused on that and then she's going to go to well why do I feel betrayed and what's going on here and what's all this stuff about my past coming out so she's going to be yeah well she's going to be like she's going to be a bit scared she's going to be curious she's going to feel betrayed and she's going to wonder what her past is she's just going to look for that and then when she's going to start connecting with her past again in her memories there's going to be a slight change in her personality yeah. again because she's going to be getting closer to who she was before or who she is now in spite of who she was before so there was a slight evolution i think to her personality she had more personality towards the end of the movie than she did at the beginning yeah but the connection the reconnection with maria is so good mm. because it's the first person from her past she sees and meets yeah. because um a lot of people from her past are actually they're dead her doctors or she's like you know she just doesn't remember them they're still too vague in her memory there's like some random guy from a bar or her brother yeah how is she gonna track down her family but she meets maria and they go for a reason there's a reason maria's first person she was with her for, for the project that they were working on like she they was were friends when they were little kids as well like so they like were friends if, a long time yeah so if anyone had the answers it was gonna be maria yeah and Maria's like, there's my friend that I thought was dead for six years. Plus, she was listed as the last person to have seen her alive. Yeah. So that was always going to be the best place to start. Yeah. But Maria's like, it's so emotional because Maria's like, there's my friend who I haven't seen in six years. Who she, she thought was dead. Yeah, or someone who looks just like her. Like, what's happening here? There's yeah. so much emotion there. And then for Caro or Veers, it's like, it's this complete is curiosity. This tell me something about my past. This is someone who knows more about me than I do at the moment. This is like the start to a journey to getting the answers back. It's such a good scene and it's so emotional. And then yeah. you, 
oh everything with her daughter after that like oh mum doesn't let me sweet. wear your jacket anymore because I got ketchup on it I'm like oh I thought that was sweet that was so good it's such a little detail it's something you wouldn't even think of and it's just like it stands out you remember it just the moment where they were in the kitchen together immediately after this where they're like Marie and Monica are both looking at Carol like you're crazy there's no such things in it like there is no such thing as aliens and then like Fury just is like you're absolutely right young lady because if there was such a thing as aliens that would be something we would want to keep to ourselves Carol and I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, that made yeah. me laugh so much I was like ah oh, this is perfect god Samuel L. Jackson is so good for comedy I love him so much he is he is an actor with range so much range, range. he like, can I be mean, serious he... he can be hilarious because you just don't expect him it's kind of like um the captain from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's so yeah. serious. And then every now and then just a little bit comes out and it's like, come, you're completely off guard. Another favourite scene was mine when she defeated the AI. Yeah. Like she just comes into the AI, she's all chill music. Nirvana I think is blasting. It's Nirvana. Yeah, Nirvana's just blasting. It's like, nice touch, love the music. I'm funky now. This jacket's now. so great. It makes me look amazing. Great yeah. choice, like yeah. And then Carol's just like not having any of it. She's yeah, no, like, she's just like, I'm bitch. super done with you, Central Intelligence. I just want to freaking go help the Skrulls and do my shit. Leave me alone, mom. I don't want to live here anymore. <laughs> It's like a great moment. It's just like, I'm done with you. She, she of course, struggles to break free of the AI at first. But then she her power starts surging. She yeah, destroys... she's like, you know what? You've been like dulling my powers. And I know that you're not the people who gave them to me. So you know what? I'm just going to let my shit loose and see what happens. And I'll, I really And there was that. a monitoring chip on the back. For kind of similar to the one in Tor Ragnarok that like Alexis tore. Yeah, because that would be what kept her powers in check. Like, and she then she just fucking it blows much. it off. It's like, boom, yeah. bye. Oh, such a good scene. Mm. Yeah, so those are my favorite scenes. And it's just like, yeah. And then obviously the ending scene, I guess, is touching or whatever. Yeah, I thought it was... I mean, I thought it was good. I thought the ending was alright. Do you know what I forgot my actual favorite scene is? What? At the start of this movie, in the very first five seconds, there is the most beautiful tribute to Stan Lee I have ever seen. Yeah. You know at the start of Marvel movies, guys... You've all seen them. There's like all the heroes. It's a yeah. lovely montage. Instead of that, it's a it's montage. It's just all Stanley. It's every cameo he's ever done. And I think some of them were even from non-MCU movies. I think so. So like that's a lot. Like they had to reach out to other studios to get those scenes. And like which they, is just I think it's just so nice. It's so touching. And then at the end, it just says thank you, Stan. And it's like oh, this movie made me cry in the first five seconds. Yeah, like I was literally the watching the first time, and I didn't. Oh, I did not see it coming and it started and I was there like weepy already and so the second time I watched it when I was with Adam it started and I was just looking at him like take it in Adam take in the Stanley memorial just take it all in I had heard there was going to be a tribute mm. I just didn't know when or what it would be and when I saw it, like oh my god that's so good I hope they keep it going for the whole year I mean maybe because last year they kind of did where it was their 10 year anniversary and I said Marty, Marvel Studios but the I and the O were 10 and they did that for the entire year yeah so I hope they keep the Stanley thing for an entire year he deserves he deserves a decade of that tribute to be honest he put so much into Marvel just so much he did so much I'm gonna be so upset in the first movie doesn't have a cameo from yeah I can't imagine what they'll do instead it's gonna be so weird and it's cause we don't know when it's gonna happen we don't know which ones he was able to film before he died. Like Spider-Man Far From Home might have a cameo. Maybe. Endgame, I'm pretty sure it does because it was filmed at the same time as Infinity War. Yeah. But like, I didn't even know if there would be one in Captain Marvel. I'm so happy there was. Because mm. I'm just not ready for that loss. No. So yeah, that was my real favourite scene. That, no, that was... But like, I don't think that has anything to do with the movie. I don't think the director's even said that. I think that was a Marvel Studios decision. Probably, but still, I'm happy it was there. Like, it was a very happy surprise. Yeah. It was... It was a lovely little surprise at the start of the movie. Getting back to the story, we left off around Carol going to see Marie. Yeah. With Fury because she realizes that she was your, you know, your one from the past who knew Lawson. You know, you're one from the past. You knew this and that about your life. <laughs> but uh, so I thought that was interesting. Then Marie basically getting recruited into like the gang and kind of not wanting to be rehearsed I got like, a she was kid like, I got a, I got a yeah. life here like, she, I got a kid to take care of I can't be going into space dealing with your shit and then Monica's like think about the example you're setting for your daughter would you walk away from this opportunity just to sit down and watch Fresh Prince with me and I'm just like Monica is like woke not even that. She's like manipulative, but like she like what she, for good isn't. reasons. Every kid learns how no, to manipulate like, she's their parents. Effectively manipulative. Yeah. 
Like, some people try, and they're like, Mom, do this, or I'm going to hold my breath until I pass out. And Monica's just like, just think, do you want me to grow up to be a strong woman? Here's and Marie's like, yes, Kat's I childhood. do. Cat was one of those hold your breckets, apparently. <laughs> I w- Shut up. I would never. <laughs> I was just an example of things I have heard. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, what a story, though. After I, that... What I really loved, though... Acting wise as well, like just like one of my favorite characters was Talos. Yeah. The leader of the scrolls that we you would interact with most in this movie, like the division of scrolls that you see most often. Talos was their leader. And I just loved his characters so much. Yeah, he's lovely. He's like So uh, you know all that stuff you taught you knew about me? Eh, not true. I mean just the moment where they're at Marie's house and they turn around and Talos is there and he's like, Oh, were you not expecting me? Well, I have some stuff I need to talk to you about. And he <laughs> takes like a massive slurp from like a big gulp or something. Like some sort of milkshake. Just a really big, slow he slurp. He the teeth. Like, I've got teeth for you, sis. I just thought that was so funny. And then like the cat comes out, Goose comes out and he starts and he freaking jumps. out. That was another great thing about this movie. The build up for Goose. The build up for Goose. It's so good. Amazing. You keep seeing him. You don't understand why everyone's scared of him. And then you finally learn. I mean, I did think he was just a cat. I genuinely thought they might just be scared of cats as a race, and that's the thing. I thought so, because I thought, like, maybe... Because, like, same. I thought, I figured it was just a cat, and then, like, on their own home planet or something, there was another thing, like, the flurkin that looked like a cat, but wasn't. Or but maybe nah. cats are just more jerks in their planet. Maybe, but, like, but no, like, Goose no, is straight up thing. a freaking tentacle mouth cat monster who's super cute and a very good boy. <laughs> Yeah, Nick Fury never really forgives him after finding out what he is, though. I mean, he didn't seem to be holding a grudge. He was letting him sleep on a bed in his office. He still gave him very dirty looks. Like, oh, look, very you're dirty so look. cute. He only has one eye. <laughs> you're so cute. But I hate you, and you took my eye. <laughs> I mean, that's the regular human attitude to cats. I hate you, but I love you. The, but, like, no, just Talos' character and the, the comedy he could insert into the into the scenes he was in, I thought was really great. Like and when, he also had range, because you see how much he cares about his family later on in the movie. Yeah, I and thought that people, was nice. because he's the leader of the people. Yeah, like, he's literally just like, we're refugees, and we're trying to find a place to, like, just live and be free. We're Whoa, not trying don't to do get anything. political now with the refugee word. People might the think word, this... You mean the word they use in the movie? You think this movie might have a political message, guys. What movie doesn't this? <laughs> it's it's just mad. People got so mad that Brie Larson when she was doing interviews got political, or she like because she said she wanted to be interviewed for more women of color. Not just that, she did talk about politics. People were like, oh look at Brie Larson ruining the Marvel Cinematic oh, Universe. Oh, I've heard about this. People are like Brie Larson is being so feminist in her interviews. Like, there's nothing. It do, it's not called for. Like, what's she doing? This is it like weird and unnecessary. I'm just like, and this is the most feminist movie I've ever watched, and I loved it. No, here's the thing. Oh no, Brie Larson, a feminist, is being about a feminist. feminist. <laughs> like, oh no, like she's what? Like, I don't know. I just think that's stupid. Don't so like dumb. someone who is a feminist and who is active in like feminism is gonna be feminist and talk about feminist issues. Yeah, when they're in, they're that's interviewing her. Yes, they're gonna talk about the movie, but they're also trying to interview the actress. Yeah, like. Yeah, the movie, but also what about you? It's like when I went to see the movie, Midnight Release, with like my boyfriend and his friends. And I remember one of them was like saying in passing, I, this movie will be really good for, you know, like your people. I'm like, women? Do you mean, do you mean women? And like, yeah. I was laughing it off. I didn't like, he wasn't being like mean or anything. He was just saying like, oh, you know, your lot are going to like this. And I was like, girls, do you mean girls are going to like this movie? Yeah, and I don't even think that's the point of it. They just want to make a good movie that men are going to watch. They're going to I mean, more men went to see the movie than women did when I went to the midnight screening. There was a lot more men there than women. Well, here's a question for you. You went to the midnight screening. I, I didn't. Did. I've been to midnight screenings at that's the number before. It's usually full. Was it full? It was... I didn't have a look around the entire cinema, but no, it wasn't. I would not say it was full. That's something I noticed too, and I feel like that may just be the country we're in. Here's the thing: there was a lot of backlash against this movie to begin with, because weren't people like preemptively giving it low ratings? Yes, they were. That happens for and like movies. Rotten Tomatoes or something. Like here's the thing: that happened for Ghostbusters Three, and Ghostbusters Three was a bad movie. Mm. End of story. Not a good movie. Yeah, I suppose. 
partly it's because of the country this is just kind of the way it is unless it's a massive massive movie it's probably not going to be completely packed for the midnight screening yeah even i was considering going to the midnight screening in the end i just didn't have the money but when i was looking at ticket prices and like options almost all the cinema was green for to have tickets available and it was like only a couple of days before the movie came out yeah and like and usually yeah usually that wouldn't be the case like it wasn't the case with that man and the wasp for sure yeah or it wasn't the case with guardians yeah like some of their like and even then guardians wasn't a big movie when it first came out people didn't really know yeah. what it was and it was still huge because it was marvel yeah and yeah captain marvel oh such a good movie i would say better than guardians one mm. not better than guardians two no i do have a lot of issues with guardians two but i still hold it in such a high st- I still very much enjoyed it just for emotions it, it gave me so many feels yeah but um and yeah I think it's better than Guardians 1 and yet Guardians 1 had more reasons than that it's just not fair I don't think that's right I think that is a bias maybe it's just in our country Ireland has had issues with certain things like this in the past I feel like from what I've seen there's always a lot of guys who are fans who would show up to the midnight screenings as opposed to the, the girl fans. Because, I mean, I'm not trying to be, like, sexist or anything. But, like, anytime I've gone to midnight screenings and I ask, for the most part, the girls are there with, like, their boyfriends or their brothers or their yeah. friends who are fans. And they're not really, like, they're there kind of just for the fun of it. They're not really there because they're, like... Invested. Very invested, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I would love to see that change. And I'm not saying that there aren't loads of female fans, like in the world i just feel like here in ireland in our town that we live in like specifically not even like in the country it's just in this town a lot of there's just a lot more of a majority of lad fans than there would be of girls who are fans and even then i'm just thinking like those same lads why didn't they bring their girlfriends this time or why didn't they go if they're not bringing their girlfriends they probably didn't go either i mean it could have to do with the night that it was on it could have to do with they it was hard to uh figure out when exactly this one was because usually it says you know midnight it was a midnight screening but it's usually at like 1205 or something actually so you can i don't clearly see. was it on friday night or thursday night there's technically the thursday night right so well it's midnight on technically thursday. the friday morning yeah so Usually it's like 12.05, so you know exactly what day it is because it's into the day. Yeah, because this is something I'm trying to figure out because I want to go, I want to go uh, meet friends to see Endgame. And I'm still trying to figure out what day I have to go to do this. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm just like, is it, is it on the Thursday? Is that on the Friday? I'm not sure. I think this one is actually Friday night. Yeah? Yeah, I do think so for Endgame. I'm not 100% sure. It's just such a confusing thing with midnight releases. But we get it before America. Yeah, we usually do, yeah. Yeah, we didn't know what this one we got the same day. That's fair. But, like, yeah, for Endgame, the biggest movie of all time, we're going to know what happened before you Americans. <laughs> I'm going to just be posting we'll spoilers just, everywhere. No. Uh, <laughs> Very different so personalities mean. here. You've literally spoiled, like, so many things on me on accident because you're like, why aren't you caught up yet? Like, yeah. I'm like, I, I will. Just leave me alone. I mean, it was from a good few weeks ago. There have been times where you're like, oh, spoiler alert if you don't want to know. And then in the same sentence, you text me the spoilers and it's all in lowercase. So I don't even realize there's a spoiler coming until it's too late and I've read it. You have done that to me before and it's so mean. Fair enough. (laughs) Someone, I can't remember what movie it was, but you spoiled something for me. Which movie? I don't know. No, you... I'm not sure what movie, but actually there was an anime I was watching. You didn't spoil for me. My friend Shanna did. It was called Black Butler. And I was saying, oh yeah, I'm watching this anime. And she's oh like, yeah, there's like a demon dude. Yeah, and she's like, oh, don't you hate how in season two someone's dead? And it just ruined the entire show. And I was like, oh, thanks for that. I'm on season one, episode five. And it made me not want to finish the show. I just didn't finish the show for ages after that. So I was like, okay, I'm done. Fair enough, fair enough. So yeah, so are there any parts of the story you didn't like? Hmm... I mean, I think there are particular scenes where... I don't think there was any actual scene in the movie I straight up didn't like. Yeah. I just liked them less than I liked others, but I still liked them. There, There isn't, like, a moment in the movie I can just be like, oh, I hate that part. Because there isn't. Like, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the whole movie. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the whole movie. I don't think there was anything I didn't like. Yeah, like, I just think there were parts where, like, other parts stood out more to me. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed the whole movie. 
So if you haven't listened to our previous episode of Film Club, we have a rating system. We like to rate a film on five subjects out of ten. Yeah, we like to talk about the story and then we like to talk about the acting in the movie. Uh, cinematography is like a big point. Whether uh, Another point is whether or not we found it to be true to its marketing. So like how the trailers portrayed what the movie would be like and stuff like that, you know? like Or even if we liked the marketing, if we felt like... It wasn't good. It didn't do the movie justice, mm. maybe. For example, like The Hunchback of Notre Dame by Disney. The trailer was very happy-go-lucky and fun. And then the movie had a really big tone problem where it was very dark and fucked up. And so there just... are still parents today who don't want to show their kids The Hunchback of Notre Dame now that they yeah. have seen so, it. So like the marketing was very much like tricking the audience into going yeah. to see this dark movie. Whereas we like to rate it on whether or not the trailers and the marketing was true to how the movie was actually going to be. Yeah, and then we like to market on individuality whether it stands out in the huge sea of movies we have at the moment. Yeah, like individuality is like a big point for us to, to rate something on. And it's something Marvel movies tend to not do that well on, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I want to ask, as far as story goes, out of 10, what would you think it is? I would give it a 9. I would give it a 7. Really? Yeah, but like... Well, we're going to explain our points anyway and why. Yeah. Like, why would you give it a nine? I think there was nothing I didn't like. Mm. There were a few cliches. Yes. But there are some cliches that you just, you haven't seen in a while. You're just like coming back to an old friend. It's like the buddy cop cliche. Yeah. It's just like, or um, the cliche with the amnesia. It's like, you're coming back to an old friend. It's like, I haven't seen this in a while. It's interesting. It's different. It's in a sci-fi movie. It's just great. I'm here for it. And there was no story parts I didn't like. I found it overall quite emotional. I would say the reason that loses its last point is because the ending feels like it was rushed to not ask questions. Yeah, I didn't. That While I enjoyed the movie and the ending I thought was fine, it did also have a urgency to it. Like, we need to wrap this up now so we can explain why she's not there. Yeah, because if they didn't have, at the end, that Carol goes off with them... There would be... With the scroll. Yeah. It would like, be like, well, why wasn't she here during this movie or this yeah, movie? Yeah, like, has she like, been living in a cave? Like, and, yeah, on? that's a hole the Marvel Universe has gotten itself into. Mm. But I also feel like they had a different ending plan and it was changed just last second. Yeah. It's just this feeling I got and that's why I take one point away. But you are evil and you just hate women. So why are you giving it a 7 out of 10? Okay, so... While I think that Captain Marvel is great, for female representation, considering it's the first MCU movie with a female lead. Yeah. Um, and while I really enjoyed the dynamic between the like the cast, and it's just too many things just felt unnecessary. And too many things felt fine, but not great. Yeah. Like, while Amnesia is a good thing, plot device on occasion it's also overused and I didn't like I understood it in the context of the story that was there but I felt like there could have been more there could have been a different story they could have taken um I felt like the whole my commander you know were actually using me I've been betrayed that's also like a cliche that's been done it's been done better by other movies in my opinion it's been done better by video games, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. And, like, I just... While I really enjoyed the acting and I really enjoyed the movie itself, the experience and what it means for the future of the MCU, I just felt like, out of other MCU movies I've seen, this one didn't, like, resonate with me as much. Yeah. Like, I freaking adored Ant-Man and the Wasp. And like, yes, and that's something, that's a movie I really did not like. Yeah, and like, it just, you know, and it just kind of, it didn't hit me in the same way. Like, am I super proud of this female representation? And like... Which is also a big theme in the movie. Yeah, it is. And like, girl power, it's great. And like, standing up for yourself and like, overcoming adversity. And like, your humanity being the thing that makes you stronger than your enemy. That was all great and everything. It just... I felt like other movies had done it better. Yeah. So what happens when we don't agree on a number is we split it right between the middle. So I gave it a 9. Kat gave it a 7. So we're going to give it an 8 overall together. Yeah. Which is still really high. It's and still high, Kat guys. doesn't look that happy about it. No, no. It's still high. I didn't want it to be low. I'm just yeah. saying I just didn't feel like it deserved a 9. Yeah. 
So, um, we've already talked about acting quite a lot during the story section. So, um, I guess well, we can move right into rating it, don't you think? I actually want to touch on some points. Yeah. I feel like... I feel like performance-wise, Jude Law... And this isn't like a personal grudge against Jude Law. I just feel like he could have been anyone, you know? Yeah. I feel like he was in the movie just for his name and not really for who who he was and what he brought to a character. Yeah, everyone else, I guess I would say, really fell into their character. Yeah, I feel like everyone else's characters had a lot more involved. But with Jude Law, you're just kind of like, oh look, it's Jude Law on the screen. Pretty much. Wow, I didn't know Captain Marvel's old mentor was Jude Law. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there were so many strong characters. Um, there were. Brie Larson is great as Captain Marvel. Like, of, it's a challenge to play a blank slate for so long in a movie. Yeah, like, to literally evolve on screen. Yeah. To not have personality for a while, that can't be easy. Yeah. And she did, she did well. You get a lot of personality at the end. I'm hoping, against all hope, that there will be tons of personality from her mm. in Endgame. And I really liked um, Lashana Lynch's performance as Marie. Oh, yes. Because, like, I really enjoyed her character. I enjoyed the chemistry she had with uh, Carol. And, like, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter, like, um, saying, like, they ship Marie and Carol. And, like, if it's just a really close friendship, like, sisters, you know, cool. And if there was, like, a romantic relationship there, also cool. I don't feel like either way they really need to like if if it was if it is a romantic relationship that's cool and I'd like to see that addressed in like a later film and if it wasn't I also don't feel like they gotta force it like yeah. or like you know to force in this relationship when that's not what they were intending like, it's I not think something it's that I way. even felt being hinted at to be honest yeah I didn't really feel a romantic vibe between them personally I just felt like you know really close friends like you know women supporting women yeah, I feel like people on the internet are just going to ship whatever they I want. mean I think when they see two beautiful women talent like two beautiful and talented women they kind of just want to smush them together yeah. I'm like yeah I'm guilty of that too like the amount of times I've shoved like this actor and this actor in my mind together you know countless times but like just in this instance I thought that their chemistry as friends as like two partners in crime two people yeah. who really understood and helped each other out like Carol helping with like Monica as a kid I thought that was great yeah. one actress I want to call it is Gemma Chan who played Min Irva who was a sniper on the squad oh yeah um, there's a scene later on in the movie like she doesn't have a lot of personality she's a minor character it's not you don't see a lot of her she's kind of just a stereotypical badass soldier woman and then and kind really of like just an antagonist really good sniper and then at the end of the movie she's just kind of playing the role of bitchy woman yeah she kind of just feels like Oh, like you knew the whole time that like I was actually human. Is this why we never hung out? And then she, her answer is just like, nah, I just don't like you. And I'm like, okay. It's like, why? why you did uh, bring up earlier before we started the episode how you thought it was very unnecessary for the squad that Carol was a part of. I think it was like a five person squad. Yeah. So her, the leader, and then three other people, so Minerva, and then these two other guys. Yeah. I kind of thought they all looked very interesting and diverse and would have had cool stories. Yeah. Them. Like I thought that they're their makeup design was very interesting and I loved their uh, their their outfits um, but uh, I just thought and I thought they were really good actors and that's my problem they yeah. had all this talent here and they just kind of did nothing but Minerva like, was, got a um, throwaway line yeah and there was this so unnecessary scene trying to insert like comedy that I just felt like was unnecessary where they're like they're talking about how it's unnerving to be simmed by a scroll and look at your own face and know it's your enemy and then Carol's like well it's only because you're so bad looking and everyone else is like oh I think you're very handsome and the guy's like oh I laugh on the inside that's why I'm not laughing right now and I'm just kind of like this is such an unnecessary exchange that you could just ignore yeah it was kind of like they're all they all seem like they could have been really interesting stuff and that's what they give them that throw just loads of throwaway bad lines I just kind of feel disappointed by it I feel like if more time had been devoted to building the characters of the squad the crew squad um, had, like if more time had been devoted to that instead of like unnecessary parts in other parts of the film maybe it would have made 
more of an impact when I think like, it would have been such happened. a good impact when they were fighting against you like, yeah like, because it would have been like oh these are the people you've bonded with and now you're for fighting six with years. them yeah and like all we really got was like she felt like an outsider and they didn't really accept her yeah. that's all that's all that came across but if they felt like an outsider and they didn't accept her I don't think Carol would have fought with them for six years I think she might want a different squad or yeah. something you know it's just like I'm not I just think that falls apart a bit and I think it's a shame to just waste good actors yeah so yeah I didn't like Jude Law I really didn't like the lines they gave Gemma Chan just cause I think they, some of the lines I felt were like mm, they had her but, as a badass woman for the whole movie and she's like well actually I'm just a bitch yeah like okay and then um, Annette Benning as Marvel. I yeah. liked Yeah. I was like oh she's like I a mom her. I loved her I just yeah. felt warm whenever I saw she her she was our space mom yeah it was yeah. just so nice um there was Ben Mendelsohn as Talos. Ah, oh, he was great. No, Ben was fantastic. Like, when he was being... Was the character called the director? Uh, he His name was Keller. I think he was director Keller. Keller, yeah. So he was basically Fury's boss. And then when he had all his scroll makeup on for his role as, like, Talos, like, that was great too. And I remember just... I really enjoyed his performance. Um, I liked a lot of the scroll because they had to play multiple characters. They had to play an old woman. They had to play a random surfer dude. They had to play themselves, their actual scroll character. It's just like a fun thing. Yeah, like, and I thought that was great. And, like, just. Or, like, one had to play Coulson at one point. Yeah. I mean, they just had the actor for Coulson play Coulson. Like, that's not that hard. Yeah, but then, and then Coulson just, like, fight had with to. Him. Coulson yeah. had to then pretend to fuck to up and be a scroll. So yeah. that's, like, a fun little acting dynamic. I just think there was a lot of talent in this movie. When you see, I just thought there was a lot of range given to us through Talos because you yeah. got to see him being like funny and you got to see him being, you know, like, you know, quote unquote menacing and you got to see him being really tender and open with his family. And when he gets to meet his daughter for the first time, it's like, oh my God, like actually intense. Yeah. Like, it's like, wow. What a beautiful moment. Like out of acting, I would legit give it a 10. I yeah. would. Because while I don't really enjoy Jude Law's performance in it. I'm not going to let Jude Law get me then. Yeah. Yeah, I'm giving it a 10 too. I think they wasted their actor's potential mm. in some moments. But I think what the actors did with what they were given was so good. That yeah. they deserve a 10 for it. I think it's the movie's fault that the potential was wasted, not the actor's fault. Yes, I agree. So yeah, so 10 for actors. Of course, now we get to move on to cinematography cinematography oh. what a movie what it was the way it, i really enjoyed how it was shot but before we even get into cinematography one major thing i just want to shout out right now because this meant a lot to me carol danvers outfit her uniform was great yeah but like because it was literally just a soldier's uniform yeah it wasn't any different to the men's uniform it didn't show more skin it wasn't, it wasn't the wonder woman it, bikini exactly it wasn't clingy it wasn't shaped different so you could see that she had boobs underneath like, like it was form fitting with over the men yeah like it was form fitting just for like tactical maneuvering yeah it's because like, you don't want fucking yeah. big long wavy bits getting in your like, way like she wasn't wearing leggings that like clung to every curve of her body and she wasn't wearing like a top that you could see had like armor plates that looked like boobs on it and even when it. she got out of that into human clothes she was wearing she was a still, shirt and a t-shirt or like yeah, a jacket she was just wearing some comfortable clothes yeah she wasn't wearing like I don't know like just she wasn't being pushed into like clothes that wouldn't have made sense for, for the occasion like yeah. while I did really enjoy the movie Wonder Woman I still like and while like, yeah, her outfit's her outfit. It's not suddenly going to change because of, like, you know, you don't have to make it PC or whatever. Yeah, I'm just saying. it is an iconic outfit, of course. Yeah, like, it's an iconic outfit. But it was still, it was nice to see that this was a soldier dressed as a soldier. And they didn't, they didn't try and change that or take away from it. Because, yeah, like, while I really like the Black Widow, um... Her outfit is a skin is a very sexy thing. outfit. Yeah, like that's part I mean, of that's the point. I mean, that's just Scarlett Johansson. I mean, anyway. okay, Scarlett is a beautiful, voluptuous, gorgeous woman. So pretty much, she could put her in anything, and she'll still look sexy. Whatever. But it's just a case of, I like that her outfit wasn't sexualized. Yeah. Plus, I feel like in the earlier movies, and it's changed now. Scarlett Johansson does wear more normal clothes now. Yeah. In the earlier movies, she was almost always in her combat gear. For no yeah. reason. There's no combat. She's yeah. just wearing it. Just always wearing this skin tight suit. As you do. Yeah. But like, yeah. For, um... And then even when she goes into her, um... 
super suit. It doesn't change. They just change the colours of her armour. They're not like, well, here's your new sexy Captain Marvel outfit. Yeah, no, they just changed the colours. And, like, I liked the, the way they chose and to Brie do that. And Brie is stunning in them. She looks fantastic. She's just amazing. What a person. I know. But, yeah. So, like, and even then, that does go into cinematography. Because there's set design. There's outfits. There's editing, even. There's, like, shot composition. There's your locations. There was... I didn't like every fight scene. Yeah. Some of the fight scenes I thought were very jump cutty and I didn't think flowed as well as other fight scenes we've seen from the MCU. Yeah. My biggest issue is actually some of the special effects weren't on par. That is true. There's a scene earlier on in the movie where they're in their spaceship, they're flying off, they go through a cloud. Yeah. But the cloud kind of has no reaction. Yeah, it doesn't really move. It kind of just looks like the cloud is one 2D thing and they're just threw it in one go. And at the very end of the movie, when you see uh, Carol, like she's up in space and she's turning around and flying off, it looks very fake. And while obviously it's not going to look super real, it's a woman in space with no spacesuit on flying around. It looked very cartoony. Yeah. When they, um, they show her use a lot of power to do sort of things and you see a lot of effects for it, like when, because her phantom... Her photon, photon blast. Photon yeah. blast or whatever. They create light and it's like a big effect. But then later, and when she just, she just makes a big fucking light show to scare away Ronan. Yeah. And it's like, that's none of her power. But then later on, she's moving this entire ship and there's and like no big light any, show. Yeah, there's like, it looks like she's putting out more energy doing smaller tasks and she's putting out less energy when she's actually doing the big, when like, she fuck moved, off tasks. The ship. It looked like she was creating a light trail behind her and then she was dragging the ship in Photoshop. Yeah. Like just moving it on the screen. It did not look that good. And it bothered me. I, I called out in the cinema with you. I was like, that doesn't yeah. really look that great. Like she's been, she's just been showing so many cool effects for a power earlier in the movie. And then the biggest ending, and this is why I think the ending was rushed. Mm. It's just like the biggest ending and there's like, that's what you get. You get like, whew, off she goes. Then it's like, yeah, whatever, sure. Mm. But some of the shots are so good. I love how so many t- you see in her past that she got knocked down she got back up again that so many times. sequence oh, I then, loved it because they hint at it through, through the whole thing because they keep showing her falling down multiple times with different yeah. moments and then that's, there's a sequence where they show every time she falls down and then immediately including um, when her ship blows up with her with the doctor in it yes um, but they show her get up and then they show every other time before they show her up, they show every other time she got up. And it's like, yes, because she can get up. She yeah. can do this. She just has to get better. She has to learn. Exactly. Like, she makes her mistakes. She falls and then she gets back up again. And I thought that was so... Powerful. That and was a powerful scene. And it was all because they were saying, you're just a human. And she's like, yeah, I am a human. And that took a lot of cinematography because he had to get the child actor actress who was playing her yeah. to stand in a similar shot composition and have them get up and then do it again with her. And it's just like, that's not easy. Yeah, like, because it was, like, what, three different... Was it two? Three or four. I think it was three different child actr- actresses. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like, a really young one, and then, like, a more middle-aged one, and then a, a slightly older one. And then, and then was, it was just Brie. Yeah. And it's just, like, yes, because there's even, like, the one where it's just her, and she's younger-ish, but that's just a special effect, because it's her doing her army training. Yeah. And she falls there, and that's just... It's just Brie Larson, but, like, it's Brie Larson again. And, and I like, liked yes. how, in that part... It was her and she was in her combat gear and she had her hair pulled like right back in a really tight ponytail, like no makeup on. And I was just like, yes, because that is what she would look like. She wasn't made a pretty soldier. She was just a soldier. And I was like, yes, this is what I want to see. Real representation because I've lived on an army barracks. Like I've been around women in the army and they like they just they look like they mean business. Like, are they beautiful? Of course. But like, it's just them just being themselves yeah. like in their gear doing shit getting it done and such a good message that she's not perfect and she's gonna make mistakes and she has to learn yeah. because I think people are expecting perfection from women and it's like it's mm-hmm. not gonna happen yeah no and one's perfect I think perfect. that they're expecting a big um, deus ex machina in Endgame from her as well and I think I, I don't think, think it's that's nice to I don't think so either but I think that was what some of the expectations were when she was announced because yeah. she's so Powerful. So powerful that she'll be able to like go in there and just like bitch slap Thanos and everything's fixed. And that would be a horrible movie. I think what's going to happen with Endgame is her character is going to make mistakes 
or at the very least falter, maybe lose some yeah. confidence, and then get back in the game and then work as a team to fix everything. Could like, it's not going to be all on her She's shoulders. She's been gone from Earth for like 30 years. Well, no, 25 years. Yeah, about that. Because it's set in 1995, it's 2019. I'm guessing Endgame's set in 2019. Infinity War set in 2018. I'd say it is, because I'm pretty sure they mention it's been a year in like yeah. the trailer or something. They at least say time has passed. You see that. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's 2019. So it's been like 25-ish years. It's a long time. She has to get used to this. She's been mm. doing other things. This is different. She's probably going to expect more from humans because maybe she's met more powerful aliens who are going to know more and that's going to be an issue. Mm. I have strong feelings she'll be a big part of Endgame but I don't think it's going to be like oh the be all and end all of Endgame is Captain Marvel. No. Like no. No one would like that. It'd be a bad movie. We're going to be reviewing. We're going to be talking about Endgame next week. Yeah we will be talking about Endgame. Next month. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so for cinematography, I just, I love all the shots. The city they're in is beautiful. The alien city, Halo, Hollow, whatever it is. Hala. Hala is... Hala at your girl. Hala at your girl is a great city. It's stunning. That's all special effects, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, like, they didn't build it. That's why I think, it's another reason the end game's, the end scene was so rushed. It's like, that city could not have been easy to do. And it's flawless, except for that one cloud mm. scene that still bothers me. But other than that, it's flawless. And then, But then they couldn't do something like crazy cool for the end like I don't believe it yeah I mean overall I really enjoyed the cinematography of the movie like some of the fight scenes I weren't so happy with how they were shot and some of the special effects they weren't like amazing but for the most part just the scenes that were done well were done really well yeah like there's really cute moments where she crashed into a building and it pans down and you see the building's a blockbuster and that's how you know it's set well in the past because blockbuster's not been thing for a while or when Nick she's in a phone booth contacting her home planet using her special sci-fi abilities Mm. she got some wires she goes to Radio Shack to do that she just gets some shit from Radio Shack it's like now I can call her space but there's a knock at the window and then it pans quick when you see Nick Fury it's like hi how are you welcome back to my I'm pretty sure it was Ben Davis who was in charge of cinematography yeah. for the movie and like just like you know shout out to Ben Davis for like being doing in charge of job. that and doing his job yeah because I think I would give cinematography I would have to take a point off because of the special I would also issues. want to take a point off I would kind of rate it again at like a 7 yeah yeah I'm giving it a 9 again a 9 again yeah I don't know I just love the scenes I I don't have issues with choppy editing uh, or like uh, not that I don't have an issue with like really quick cuts in fight scenes yeah. I like it. But when you see something like Bohemian Rhapsody where there's a cut every second. That and a half, was painful. That's the amount painful. of cuts in Bohemian Rhapsody was painful. If we did Bohemian Rhapsody, we're not going to because I don't want to. But um we're not going to I just don't have an interest in seeing that movie. But if we were, like it would get so low in cinematography just for shit like that. Yeah. That's like not good editing. And then it was nominated for best editing, like fuck off, no it was not. Mm. It did not deserve it. So yeah, we're gonna together give that's it another an eight. eight, yes. yes. Another point we need to talk about, I think this won't actually take very long. It's just whether or not we felt Captain Marvel was true to its marketing. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I have issues with marketing. I think it gave way too much. I agree. I think some of the the best scenes were in the marketing. Yeah. And that's something I don't have an issue with other movies. Like, there are some movies where I really liked marketing. You haven't seen the most recent Endgame trailer? I'm actively avoiding it. Yeah. Good, because I did watch it and I regret it. I think it shows too much. Like, I've heard from people, I don't actually think it shows too much. I'm like, yeah, I know you don't think so, but I'm still going to, I think I'm just going to avoid it. Because here's the thing. Some of the best experiences I've ever had seeing a movie. Is when you've seen no trailers. Yeah, I it's when I've seen, gone in blind. Yeah, I hadn't seen trailers for Captain Marvel until today when I realized, oh crap, I have to say where this is true to the marketing or not, better watch it. Yeah. But after watching marketing, I was like, well, that gives away some of the funniest lines in the movie. Or some of the coolest shots. And it's just like gone. Like some moments that weren't necessarily twists. But would have been nice to have not known about beforehand. Would have been great to go in and see. Yeah. Without having known they were going to be there. And it's not like Marvel can't do advertising without giving too much away. Like the first ad for Endgame didn't give a lot away. And I really like it. And I'm fine that I saw it. Yeah. But the second trailer. You're lucky you haven't seen it. Because I think it gives away too much. I know things now. That I fair. don't want to know. And like something like us, which is very suspenseful. You have your theory that the trailer. I have gave. my theory. You have a theory that the trailer gave you that I didn't pick up on when I watched the trailer. Mm. But like, but having watched it now, do you think it might be right? I think it's a possibility. I don't think there's going to be the world's deepest story ever to it. It's kind of like Get Out, where yeah, it's more horror than story. Yeah, it's like very much a like sp- suspenseful thriller kind of thing. But I do think the trailer did a really good job for that for not giving too much away of whatever story there is. Yeah, like there's a, there's a right and a wrong way to do 
a trailer for and a movie. And both Captain Marvel movies for me went too far. Yeah. So like they're yeah. Like I feel like they weren't as bad as some trailers, you know, Aquaman. Yeah. Which is basically the film. The worst part about that is you can't avoid a trailer when you go to see go to cinema. Yeah, and like it sucks. You because see you've me seen try to avoid else. Star Wars trailers. Yeah. Like shoving my fingers in my ears, like mm. no, 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 do not make me do it. And then I just give up because you can't. It's so late. There's no way you're not missing it. So I'm just gonna say ten out of ten. Captain Marvel was very true to the marketing. True to marketing. Ten I out of ten. I just didn't like all. The I just marketing. don't like the marketing yet. Yeah. So the very last thing we need to rate this on is individuality. Yeah. And do you feel like Captain Marvel was a unique individual film? Yes and no. Yeah, it's yes and no. I like that. Um, other Marvel movies recently have been doing a lot of music. Mm. Like Black Panther had an entire I liked album. the soundtrack. Where they had loads of black artists come in and do songs. Original songs for the movie. That then got released on an album separate from the film's score. Yeah. And it's just like, yes. Because some of them made it into film. Not all of them did. Because it was movies from and inspired by Black Panther. And it's just like, yeah. oh. But it was so good. And then Spider-Verse too. Same thing. Loads of original pop songs in it. Yeah. Now, Captain Marvel didn't have original pop songs. They didn't have, but they had so many songs from the 90s. They did. So many good songs. Nirvana. I um, did like the soundtrack because, like, every now and then a song would come on and I would just get, like, a really nostalgic hit in my stomach. Because, like, I was born in 1996, like, but I still grew up listening to this song, like, these kind of songs because they would be on, like, on TV. They were big songs. They're still popular today. Yeah, like, and I would listen to the radio or CDs in the car with my mum. Like, four movies or four songs. That really stand out to me that I still remember now. Because when you look through the list in the credits, it's insanely long. I even point that out to you in some of Yeah, no, that was a long, long part of the credits. But there's Come As You Are from Nirvana. Yeah. Just a Girl by No Doubt, which is a great scene, great song, just all around. Yeah. Um, Please Mr. Postman by The Marvelettes, which some of you will recognise from yeah. The Vine. It's just like lovely. It's like, yes. And then um, Waterfalls by TLC. Yeah. And don't go chasing them waterfalls. Yeah, oh, that that part. I really was like, ah, oh, this song I used to jam to. Like, just throw it up on YouTube. Yeah, it's just like, oh, so the music was so good. It's something that is being done more in non-Marvel films, though, which is why I'm not giving it a lot of individuality. It's something really new to Marvel films. Yeah. But it's not new to films in general. I think pop songs yeah. are getting a lot bigger in films. Because that's the thing. I don't want to rate this as an individual among Marvel films. It's I want to rate it as an individual all films. among films. So... As a Marvel film, it would be more individual just because it's female-led, but it also has the issue of having a white protagonist with a black sidekick once again. It's something they've yeah. done quite a few times. Like, this isn't us saying that these movies aren't good. We have noticed a pattern of the protagonist being, like, white, and then their sidekick or best friend is a person of colour. Yeah. You've got Robert Denny Jr. with War Machine. Yeah. You've got... Well, I remember War Machine. You've got um, Captain America with... What's Falcon. His? Falcon. See, he's not even a big character, so I can't remember yeah. his name. Ant-Man, and then his best friend Louise. Is Hispanic. Yeah. It's so, just like, it's the pattern, it's there. And like, even now with Carol, and then Marie is a black woman. And like... It's <sighs> an obvious pattern. And yeah, I guess you can say we're being snowflakes, and we're crying for more politically correct. We're not. It's just an obvious pattern. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, this is this It doesn't is ruin the movie for me. It doesn't ruin the movie for me. But it's it just noticeable. kind of makes me think... I mean, and like, obviously, I feel like people are going to be like, but what about Black Panther? Like, there wasn't that problem there. I was like, yeah, it was a predominantly black-led cast and with a really great. talented And it was the first Marvel film to be nominated for Best Picture for a reason. Yeah, like, there's a, like, yeah, learn from Black Panther, you guys. Yeah. Like, it had such a good cast. Everyone in that was so interesting. And it was such a style you don't see so often. Because yeah. they brought in different African personalities that you really, oh, don't see And, like, see they from took a people. blend of cultures from, like, all over. So many different African countries to make Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, like you got yes. to really learn about cultures watching that movie. Which and I thought so was many beautiful fantastic. Cultures. It's just, like... It's because that made a stand out. You don't see all those cultures usually. If you see a black person, they're a black American and they have American ideals. And that's what you see. But this is like, no, we're set in Africa with African people. And it's like, oh, yes. Yeah. No, Who all have American great. accents at times for some reason. But like, whatever. Well, they I don't mean, all. Yeah. They're American actors, a lot of them. So it's what you get. Yeah. But for individuality, I'm actually going to give it a no. It's a five. I feel like it hits about a five as well. Yeah, because as a Marvel movie, very individual. Mm. I mean, I really enjoyed it and I would like to see more like it 
as po- as far as you know trying new frontiers for film within the MCU I would like to see more of that yeah but not necessarily more of this specific kind of movie so give us your quick math while we read it <laughs> well then let me just do the math on here um I mean it's gonna be a pretty high score we especially compared to our last film which was uh, isn't it romantic? I don't think that film did quite well. I think Captain Marvel's higher than that for sure. So I've just done my incredibly quick math there. And Is this we an have, episode of Countdown? <laughs> we have rated it 41 out of 50. That's such a high score. That's a pretty high score. Has That's that been in... our highest score so far that we've rated things? No, I think Mythos got ridiculously high for a first book. Oh, you know what? Mythos probably did get really high. And I regret that, but whatever. It's there. It's stuck. It's, it's what we it's gave it. It's there forever. Mythos is going to be the best review thing we've ever done now. <laughs> Nothing will come close. But yeah, no, it's I our mean, highest movie. I think movie. our sound quality has improved since Mythos. Everything has improved since Mythos. That's true. But yeah, no, so... 41 out of 10. 41, well, 41 out of 50. 50. I think that's a... Like, I mean... That's an overall, A. Overall, that's really good. That's an A. You've passed your leaving, sir. You're going to whatever you know, college you, you want. You know, thanks, Captain Marvel. You've you done good. You've yeah. impressed two Irish people chilling out at home. Yeah. One day it will be a badge of honour, I swear. Oh, yeah, no. One day, like, don't worry. They're like, oh, we impressed those two nobodies? I'm so happy. Yeah. So thank you for listening to our thoughts on Captain Marvel. We would love to hear your thoughts on them, too. I know I talked to my friend Stephen and got some of his thoughts before recording. And I would love to hear from more of our actual fans. We see you. You listen to us. We, I'd, I'm actually delighted to announce we've reached over 100 listens on our podcast in the first month. We love getting feedback from you guys and we love knowing you're out there listening and you can reach us on like Instagram and Twitter. We like there are ways for you to be like, hey, can you review this book, this movie? Can you bring up this topic about something you've already covered? Just like a quick thing that you want to tweet about. Yeah, you can tweet us or find us on Instagram at Adam and Kat. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Our next movie is going to be Us and then Endgame. We're very excited for that. So um, obviously we recommend you see them before listening to the podcast because we go into spoilers. So see them once you've seen them. Tell us your thoughts. We'll make sure to see them as early as possible so that you're not spoiling it on us. Yeah. But um, tell us your thoughts. We will shout you around the podcast. We will talk about your ideas. We will like give you credit, of course. We want your opinions. We want. We don't want it to just be our opinions and our thoughts. We want to factor in other people's thoughts because there are so many different viewpoints out there. Yeah, like, I mean, I know you're coming here to listen to us talk about what we think, but we want to know what you think because it's not just us blindly talking about what we love and hate about movies and books. We want it to be a discussion and an open dialogue about all these things we could have different opinions on and get a different point of view. I don't want to get into a big spiel here, but I think that's the biggest problem with movie reviews. You see a movie review and it's one person. What if loads of people have an idea? And that's why I think places like Rotten Tomatoes are getting a lot more popular. Yeah. You get more thought, you get more input, you get... You get an overall from loads of different people. You're not just like, okay, well, the New York Times gave it a 5 out of 5, so it's great. It's like, <laughs> well, actually, it's getting a 3.5 because other people had these thoughts. and like, oh, these are interesting ideas. Yeah, so I'm not going to watch it because I disagree with that. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for listening. We will see you next week for an episode of Psychus. We've been Adam and Kat. And thank you for listening. <laughs>